You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here to get the dialogue going. So I have my co-host. She has owned the title. Ooh, ooh, she gowned it. So I again... <laughs> have India Jackson of Flaunt Your Fire back with me. Hey, Indy. Hey, Erica. (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen out there, we are going to have a conversation today about a topic that I talk about a lot. You've talked about it here a little while ago, and it comes up from time to time in conversation. But we're going to focus on it today, and that is imposter syndrome. Um, I have a very unique take on it. If you have not heard um, the Is It Imposter Syndrome episode from uh, close to when we first started, it's a good one to listen in and it really gives you some backstory on kind of what my take is with it. Um, Imposter syndrome for me is definitely something that looks very different than what a lot of people would have you believe. Um, This concept of, oh, you're trying to be something that you're not and that being imposter syndrome I don't truly believe that. I believe that the concept is you stepping into more of who you are and stepping out of who you thought you had or needed to be at that particular point in order to be okay, do the thing, get through whatever it is. And that as you're stepping into more of your authenticity, this is where the imposter syndrome sets in because you're afraid or nervous or just kind of unsettled at becoming more of who you are and it feels foreign. So I actually want to have a conversation today with India for you guys about what, what it is, what it isn't and why it's not what you think it is. If you think that maybe that's what you're experiencing. Yeah. I'm excited to have this conversation because I think that imposter syndrome is something that it's kind of a buzz thing that many business and life coaches are talking about. Um, but I don't see a lot of them having the perspective that we have on it. Um, and I think that that perspective, which actually came up in a conversation with each other randomly one day is quite empowering. Um, it, it can totally reframe the way that you see yourself and also your past. I think 
correct me if I'm wrong, Erica, we were talking about how um, I may have been experiencing imposter syndrome about something that I was walking into. And you really posed the question of like, are you actually being an imposter right now? Or is it the fact that you're finally like stepping into being yourself and letting people see the real you instead of being this person that you thought you had to be to get by? Um, and I was like, my mind is blown. It, it can translate into so many areas of life from what you wear to the type of opportunities you apply for, the type of person you date. I mean, just so many things can be affected by um, being this person that you thought you, you literally had to be for survival. <laughs> Agreed. Absolutely. And that's what's interesting to me because it's very easy to think that we are somehow jumping out of our lane or doing something that we're not supposed to do or shouldn't do or aren't ready to do when sometimes the concept of being ready to be ready is just another form of procrastination. It's just putting you in this place of somehow not being ready to do something that you are fully capable of doing. And I think it comes up a lot and, um, and it, it intersects with the concept of imperfect allyship because somehow some people will um, do DEI work and have you believe that you can't be an ally if you're not ready. And I think that, yes, there is work that we all have to do to be able to step in certain places. But the reality is, is that what the hell are you waiting for? There's no such thing. And most of the people... Um, that you likely are saying that you want to be an ally for don't have the luxury of you saying, well, I'm not ready to support you in, you know, being in an equitable place with things that I take for granted. That sounds stupid. Like you can't do that. That's foolishness. So to think like, I can't do this because I'm not ready or somehow being, you know, afraid of being something that you are completely capable of being. It's just, it's something that can just undermine you and keep you playing small and it's not helpful in the big scheme of things. Yeah. I mean, I think about the concept of like not enoughness too mm -hmm. and how it's like, who am I to do this thing or I'm not enough just yet. Um, I also think about uh, trying to find the white words for it, but <laughs> um, just kind of all the things in that area where it's not necessarily the allyship, but it's also like, I'm not this person yet who stands up for people. Um, and I, I want to call bullshit on that because I think that a lot of people, you're already there, you've been there and you just haven't acknowledged how there you are, how much change and evolution and, all these things that go into being ready have already happened. And somehow that not enoughness that you mentioned, which I definitely think that that's accurate. It's this like, Oh, well, I'm not enough to do this because I see, I see it being done by this person or in this area in this way. And I'm not ready to do that. I can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And it's not about doing it perfectly. And so releasing that need to do this perfectly, I think gives you permission to step into that place and let that idea of it being an imposter 
go because now you're saying like, I can be this person and be imperfect because that whole concept of being an imposter, I think has a lot of roots in um, perfection, which we all know is bullshit. Can I also well, say, I think sometimes it has to be, it has something to do with comparison as well for some people. Like we're comparing mm-hmm. ourselves to the person that we look up to who is the amazingly great ally for diversity and has built this diverse space and all these other beautiful things. And now we're comparing ourselves to something that we've convinced ourselves about them that we feel like we're not, which isn't necessarily true. Like that person has their own challenges and their own imperfections. Like perfect and perfection is a lie. It is a myth. No one is is perfect. Correct. And, and I'm going to double back on what I said in that we all know that it's a lie. We all know that it's a lie. We don't always remember that it's a lie and we don't always act as if it's a lie. So I think, yes, comparison steps in and all of these things basically are just keeping you in a place to where you don't step into your true purpose and power because somehow or another, oh, that's not me. I can't do that. And whether or not it's because somebody else can or is or did and somehow you think that there's a reason why you can't even attempt it's all a lie all of it is a lie and just the fact that the concept of again imposter syndrome it's built on a lie it's built on a lie because it's telling you that you're becoming something that you're not when it's really that no you're becoming who you already are who you're stepping into more of who you are inherently and you're simply finally being in a place of claiming it. Well, and I think that it can, if we're not careful, be rooted in this concept that once you are something, you're always that. But humans, businesses, brands, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. It is constantly evolving. Life is transformation and evolution. Like nothing is stagnant. So why would you want to be the person you were five years ago today? That's a part of, that is a part of releasing, um, again, that perfection, because you'll see a lot of things now where it's like somebody did something and you did it years ago, you know, decades ago. And it's like, oh, but you did it. And that's not okay. And it's based in, you can't ever make a mistake or have made a choice based on the best choice you had at that time. And that if you feel differently now, it's like, oh, but you didn't do that then. And that basically says that you're not able to reconsider. You're not able to grow. You're not able to expand what your normal is or what what you're okay with because, oh, you did this and you're stuck with this for life. Oh my God, please stop. Don't do that to yourself and please don't do it to other people because you don't want to receive it. You know, it also makes me think about the phrase that I feel like is coming up a lot in business spaces, which is stay in your lane. And mm-hmm. while I think it is important to know your zone of genius and to thrive in that area instead of feeling like you have to know all the things and do all the different areas that maybe even you're not good at, um, I. I think that if we're not careful, that phrase can become something that is not helpful to where it can go back into imposter syndrome to make someone feel like, well, because I stepped out and started talking about something, now I'm not in my lane anymore. 
now I am stepping into somebody else's arena that's not for me. Oh, well, I'm an imposter. And that's not necessarily true. I think sometimes that we may have these things inside of us that were once important or have been important for years um, that we just chose not to talk about. Now we're talking about them. That doesn't mean you're stepping out of your lane. No, I agree 100% because I think that it is very easy to take the stay in your lane as a reason to not expand um, maybe what your platform is or what's important to you or just, or just simply have a conversation about something. I think that, that that phrase thing in your lane, it is one thing to not be like, hey, I'm a realtor and I build houses and I dig ditches, and you know, I bake cakes too. <laughs> it's like, oh, you do all the shit, okay. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that's a little different, um, especially if like, you know, I'm not a relation co- relationship coach, but if I were to say from a place of mentorship, this is what I've experienced, and this has been, you know, my takeaways and what I have experienced. And if you want me to share that with you, I can. I think that is very different to step in and say, this has been my experience versus I'm going to sell you a course and tell you how you too. That's something different to me. And I think that sometimes you can be made to feel afraid of sharing what your experiences are because you're afraid of somebody being like, you can't talk about that. I damn sure can (laughs) talk about my life because there's nobody else that's going to be an expert on it, but my ass. I said. Yes. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I think that, yes, it is important to have that concept of what stay in your lane means, but also not letting that whole imposter syndrome kind of creep in with that and where you feel uncomfortable to own your experiences. You're not telling anyone they have to do that. You're not telling them that this is the, you know, the way to do it. And you are now trying to push them to do that. But I think you do need to have that space to be able to share your experiences because the reality is is that more of us would feel comfortable in doing that if we were allowed the space um, to see that we weren't the only ones going through it. I think that's huge. I think that there's a lot of people out there portraying a perfect life. That's not necessarily true. And so when we constantly see that, um, they say like you're comparing your entire life and all of its bloopers to someone's highlight reels. Like more people need to tell true stories and speak from their experiences. And I don't see that as being out of your lane. Um, I actually see that as being very empowering and building a stronger relationship and connection to the people that do follow you or do hear your podcast or do come to your public speaking engagements. It can completely impact and transform their lives as saying like, Even this person who I aspire to maybe be more like has had their moments where life may have been challenging or imperfect or they had to relearn some things or unlearn some things. That's a whole nother story. (laughs) Uh And, and I agree. And I think that it is very important to allow yourself to step into your authenticity, to own whatever your story is. Now I'm definitely not an advocate of sharing your story before you've healed, but Um, even if it's nothing but being able to own it within yourself to work through whatever feelings you have with it so that you can personally own it, even if you don't share it, um, or, or you share it in places that you feel safe. I don't think that everybody needs to go blast their shit out on the internet all the time because there are times when you need to hold it. Um, 
people out there, you know who I'm talking to. Mm. <laughs> and it's not anyone in particular. It's just it's this whole culture of like, I didn't need to know that thing. I didn't need to yeah. know any of that. But I think that it is empowering to own your reality and your experiences. And when you are ready to share that in hopes of uh, supporting and empowering someone else that maybe thought that they were alone. And, you know, is, is this just me? Is this normal? Like, and you feel very alone. So giving that to someone is a very important thing. And it is also a thankless thing in that you likely may not know, but you also, you know, don't have to know in order to validate it. So simply knowing that there's a possibility that you could impact someone is a worthwhile reason to be honest about what your reality is outside of the curation of the online space. So my question that I'm posing to you where I'd like you to get your takeaway is where can you throw out imposter syndrome and step into more of your authenticity that you're okay with being visible with it? Mm, I love that question. So I want you to just kind of, you know, feel into what that means for you and, you know, what can you say? Nope, I'm doing this because I want to. And that's more than enough reason to do it. Screw it. Whoever doesn't like it, they can kick rocks. (laughs) Just saying. So um, I want you to take that consider it, toss it around, journal over it, whatever is going to get you the awareness that you need. And as always, I love having India here. So thank you for that. And pause on the play audience. We shall return. Thanks, Indy. See you guys. Pause on the play is one iteration of how we use conversation to create connection. Our one-on-one calls is another. This is where you can get support on how your beliefs and values around diversity, equity, and inclusion are showing up for your business, how you vote with your dollars, how you are sharing your message to let people know that you curated a space with them in mind, that you want to talk with them and hold space for them to have a seat at the table. Hop on over to ericacorday.com today and register for a complimentary tea time chat. These are our connection calls so we can hop on discuss your needs, and create a plan of action that's personalized for your brand to further its evolution. The conversations we have here are to normalize the challenging things and make them a part of your normal exchanges. This is how we remove stigma and create real change and connection. Cross lines and recreate boundaries to support, not separate. If you enjoyed this podcast, show me some love by subscribing, sharing it with a friend, or leaving us a review. Reviews are the fuel to keep the podcast engine going. Let's get more people dropping the veil and challenging their thoughts, feelings, and actions. Speaking of keeping it going, if you don't already follow and engage with us over on Instagram at Erica Corday, come on over there and do that. I really want to talk with you, so DM me and let's do this. I love being here and creating the bridge for you to walk over to become the change that you want to see. So join us next time. And until then, keep the dialogue going. Bye.
Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From Implicit to Explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?